0: Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
2: Now you know I'm going to let that song go just about all day. Good evening, St. Louis, 806 on a Tuesday night. Camo X at your service. George Sells with you up until 10 o'clock. So what are some of the signs that baseball season is over? You get, uh, let's see, cold temperatures in the 30s this morning when I'm walking out the door. Uh, The leaves are changing. And George Sells is on the radio on a Tuesday night because we don't have the Cardinals anymore. Sorry, I realize it's tough to live up to... The normal occupant of this time slot, producer Matt Pajeski, with me. We were just discussing the disappointment we both felt at the fact that we're looking up at a television set right now and the Philadelphia Phillies are playing in the league championship series. And I, I still find it really difficult to believe that we didn't somehow come out of that three game set. In the wild card, but I'm gonna I'm gonna live with it. I'm not gonna sit here and complain about it. I know you've been listening to sports for much of the night, so we've got a sports minded audience here. I'm not gonna put I'm not gonna pour salt in the wound. There's always next year. I just it's that was one of the most unsatisfying endings to a season I can remember. A tough one for all of us, but you know what? We're gonna move on. So, what are we gonna talk about tonight? Let's talk about things that are not the Cardinals. We can talk about one thing that we're going to be coming up in the next segment and uh, combines two of my favorite things, sports and food. Uh, you may have heard about St. Louis city, the soccer club announcing some of its food, uh, food options. They're going to be having in Centine stadium when they start playing next season. And this is really cool because we've all had the, standard any stadium, any sport food, you know, you, you got your hot dog in the vat of boiling water. You got the, the nachos with the melted Velveeta poured over the top. It's basically chips and bad cheese. You've got, you know, maybe a hamburger that's been sitting in that, under that little heat lamp for 30 minutes because nobody really buys hamburgers at the ball game. Uh, and they've gotten better over the years, but that's kind of what it was for the longest time. There was a company called ARA Food Services that I think had, had half the stadiums in the country. They also did college dormitories. I somehow survived four years on ARA food. But that's beside the point. What St. Louis City is doing is bringing in all local restaurants to, to do the food. The, they will all have windows or booths or, or concession stands around the stadium, and you're going to have different choices. And we're going to get into what some of those choices are. We're going to be talking to someone from one of the restaurants that is suddenly uh, going to be really changing around their business model quite a bit. I mean, think about this for a second. You're a kind of a mom and pop operation, a, a one one building restaurant you know locally owned you're doing a, you're doing a good business people love you people talk about you 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 do a lot of you do a lot of a lot of business for your size and then all of a sudden you're going to keep doing that and you're going to now start trying to staff 17 home games a year for the local soccer team and feed a lot of people in a really short window of time how do you prepare for that? We're going to get into all of that coming up uh, here in about uh, yeah, about ten minutes. About uh, actually a little less than that, right around uh, 8.17, 8.18, something like that. Uh, later on in the hour, also going to be talking with a local expert from a technologies company about ransomware. You've heard about ransomware. You know these hackers will get into a company's. Uh, deepest and darkest files, and then basically cut the companies off from everything they need and tell them, pay us this much, or we're going to delete your stuff. Now, that stinks for any business. It is highly inconvenient for any business. But these guys are now starting to hit hospitals. They're hitting hospital groups. And you're now suddenly talking about something that is not only... A serious pain in the backside, but you're also talking about something that can put people's lives at risk. And this isn't just about your personal information. I mean, if these guys can get into the some of the files, what else can they get into? And uh, we're going to ask some of those questions. What can these people get into exactly? And are people's lives going to be put at risk by you know some corporal in the Chinese army or some nerd living under his mom's stairs who have managed to go online and break into a hospital system dangerous stuff finally and i'm gonna want to get into this with you so uh Pick up the phones and give us a call. We'll have the phone lines open down toward the bottom of the hour, uh, 314-436-7900, the number here at KOX. 314-436-7900. You can also hit me up on Twitter, at George Sells, just like it sounds, G-E-O-R-G-E-S-E-L-L-S, at George Sells on Twitter. My question for you, is Facebook listening to us through our phones? Now I know there have has been a lot of talk about all that stuff that, that that's garbage it's conspiracy theory uh you know, Facebook says over and over again no we're not doing that even the experts will say they're not doing that they're doing lots of other crazy yanky things uh that they can do with the data that you provide them by how you live your daily life and what you do on your phone and what you do on Facebook and what you even don't do on Facebook or even as a non facebook user. There are a lot of ways that they can track and monitor you, but I had an experience. I had an experience just yesterday. I'm going to share this experience with you. I'm going to share the details of what happened to me at my place of work yesterday with a co-worker and why I believe that this offers proof that Facebook is, in fact, somehow listening to us. It may or may not be through the microphone in my phone, but somebody's listening somewhere. I can think of no other explanation for why this happened or how this happened. I'm going to tell you the story at about 8:45. I want you to weigh in and let me know if you think I'm nuts or if you have a solution or an explanation for this. Just need to know what the deal is. But this was weird and I want to talk to you about it again. That's going to be about eight, coming up about 8:45. Give us a call 314-436-7900. Here at KMOX. Second hour, we'll go on. uh, We'll talk about the uh, vote to legalize marijuana. Very interesting conversation ahead with a former Missouri Supreme Court justice. His opposition to this amendment or potential opposition to this amendment has nothing to do with his beliefs about whether or not people should smoke pot. Interesting stuff. We're also going to check in uh, with the PTA president from Jenna Elementary in Hazelwood. You've been hearing uh, that story on the radio all night long about the uh, radioactive material that's been found there. We're going to talk to a parent about that who clearly is very worried about her kiddos and can't blame her. So that's what's ahead. We've got a long evening together. Hope to hear from you throughout the night. And you're listening to KMOX. It is 814, KMOX at your service,
0: Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast.
1: Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest
2: League Home Run Leader. on a Tuesday night here in downtown St. Louis, a chilly night, a night that you start thinking about comfort food, maybe. Well, you're thinking a lot about comfort food, about all kinds of food down the street at the uh, new soccer stadium for STL City. It's uh, Centene Stadium, and they unveiled yesterday what the food's going to look like and this is not i repeat not your usual food situation that is for certain to get a little bit of uh what's going on down there we're going to talk to danny eichenhorst she is part owner of steve's hot dogs and danny welcome to KMOX. x
3: oh thank you so much george happy to be
2: here so tell me what we are looking at exactly they had the big unveil yesterday You guys are one of a number of local restaurants that are going to make up the food choices. Uh, This is a long way from when I was a kid going to a ball game and they pulled the hot dog out of the vat of boiling water, slapped it on a bun, and so there you go. (laughs)
3: Yeah. Yeah. We're definitely a craft hot dog to be sure. We've got it. We're smoked, grilled, all these, uh, you know, it's a sizable dog on an Italian roll baked on the Hill and we've got all kinds of crazy toppings, but the, the one main dog we're definitely going to feature there is actually the official hot dog of St. Louis. The board of aldermen declared it as such a few months ago and it was voted on by the people of St. Louis. So I know they're really trying to build a, a food portfolio down there that's super representative of of all the great mom and pop restaurants in the city, and it just seems really appropriate that we're going to plug in the official hot dog of St. Louis in the stadium.
2: Now, tell me what this was like walking around there yesterday, because it- – just for folks who have not been paying attention to this, instead of having, like, the, the old ARA food services that did the the football stadium in your college dorm with pretty basic food, STL City has gone all local. Every, everything in there is going to be local. They've got Steve's, Danny's Restaurant. They've got Balkan Treat Box from Webster Groves. They've got Beast Craft Barbecue from Belleville. Uh, the Block it, in the grove it's it's one thing after another gerard craft of course niche and that food group everybody knows him this is going to be the food at the soccer game so danny what are you thinking as you're walking around and seeing what are essentially the a, a culinary who's who of
3: st louis oh it's 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 awesome you know especially coming off a couple of years um, that have been really unkind to restaurants to see so many locally grown brands and chefs that we love locally and um, coming together in this space, and the coolest thing is that it was picked by the people of St Louis they got ten thousand votes from people of of different uh, mom and pop restaurants that they felt really represented the city well so w- when the the list yesterday on its own is incredible i mean gerard craft are you kidding me and dave sandusky with beast and lauren from Balkan treat box these this is these are really really talented people that um that, that i'm sure their their businesses are going to benefit from this opportunity which is in itself a huge blessing after the couple of years we've all had But and then you you know look at the longer list of people they they aren't announcing yet but that are in consideration and it's it's diverse which is really really cool and so you're you really and I think they alluded to it in the city flavors video is that Gerard's really taken the time to go into all these little neighborhoods around St. Louis and to try and source um, uh, a, a really broad spectrum of food so that no matter who you are you can walk into the stadium and find something that feels like home.
2: So what's the process going to be? How does this work from here on out? They they announce you guys. They've obviously approached you and you've agreed. What happens next? What what do you have to do to be ready for uh, seventeen pro soccer home games come spring?
3: Well, we've already we traveled down to Nashville and we caught a, a soccer game down there. And I tell you what, I, that was incredible. I am so pumped because I know that St. Louis is going to deliver. In an even bigger way, I just know from our, our soccer and sports energy that we already see. But what I saw down there was incredible. So we got to go down and actually study a similar concept and see how how they handled the volume. But the the thing that we're all working on as restaurants right now is making sure we've got some good options for people. We want to have vegetarian, vegan options. We want to have uh, options that match and represent our menu Um, But we also have to have uh, items that we can produce really, really quickly because you've got 30 minutes before the game for most of these stands. And you've got about 15 minutes during halftime to get out up to 2,000 food items very, very quickly. And so we've all got to now be really focused on flavor and speed and getting ourselves ready. So we've got a couple of you know, small practice events that hopefully that we're going to have an opportunity to do in this space and, and we'll all get in there and hopefully people will give us a little bit of grace and we'll, we'll get our systems and processes down. But I, I think it's going to be a, a ton of fun uh, and it's really cool that we're all going to be working together through that process. And Steve's actually has a window out on the East Plaza. So we're going to be serving outside for 90 minutes to two hours before each game and then we'll close our window and we are actually going to open a window on the inside and then we'll serve on the inside as well so we'll have that sort of additional volume to figure out too because who knows you know how how many people will come out on that east lawn and as they're programming that and having pre-parties for everybody
2: i'm trying to figure out what this practice is going to look like for you guys do you just put out a thing on Facebook one day and say free hot dogs for the next 15 minutes and see how many you can crank.
3: <laughs> but we had, we had a, uh, we, we've had a couple of high volume catering events um, and we're, we're getting in the space and, and doing a little bit of cooking there. We, we, so we, we did a, an event last week uh, there where we were able to serve about 1,000 dogs in two hours. And so that taught us some things. And we'll just keep working towards it um, and and trying to see what we can figure out in this space as opportunities arise between now and the this, this season start.
2: Do you worry at all about the effort and everything that's going to have to be put into the soccer stadium and then maintaining the business that got you here to begin with is it does it do you worry a little bit about would it be too much
3: yeah I, I'm, you know what you're you're totally right that was a, a part of our thought process going into that It was something that we weighed for a long time before we said yes um, you know, we we started the conversation with the soccer stadium in earnest about last December, I think it was, and we you know didn't sign our contract till later this year, and so we we took a lot of time, a lot of conversation, put a lot of thought into it. We are very fortunate because we have a general manager that has worked in a capacity where he has served um, with Levy, the concessionaire for. Um, the soccer stadium. So he's very, very familiar with high volume event day games and foods. And so he's, he brings that knowledge to bear and he's already informed our decision making and our menu formation. And really, he's working to get our, our staff ready for it now. So we've spent a lot of the last year doing festivals and different things now that, that COVID's in a better place. And, and we look at that as, sort of some of our practice getting ready because those, those festivals taste of St. Louis and all these different things. Those are very high volume events as well. And we're using those as a a practice scenario um, that also benefits the core business.
2: Okay. Finally take Steve's out of the mix. Everybody knows that the official hot dog of St. Louis is on everybody's go-to list. When you walk into that stadium, 24 other vendors, which one do you want to hit first?
3: Oh gosh, I don't know, man. Pastoria is is the is, is one that's at the top of my list. I'm gluten free, dairy free. So I'm a I'm a hard one to please. But pastoria has got some of the best gluten free options I've ever seen. And so I'm hoping they bring those to the stadium. And you know, and then standing next to Dave Sandusky at these events as he's blow torching a, a giant hunk of meat from Beast Barbecue, um, that's pretty hard to res- resist as well. That guy's got candied bacon. You know, he's got the works, and so I would say that would that would be my other choice for sure.
2: Come for the soccer, stay for the blowtorch hunks of meat. Gotta <laughs> <Yes>. love it. <laughs> I, I see a T-shirt, Danny. I see a T-shirt. <laughs> Well, listen, thank you so much for joining us. This all gets going in the spring when SCL City kicks off at the new Centene Stadium for the Major League Soccer season. 17 home games will be played through the spring, summer, and into the fall next year. And the food choices are absolutely amazing. Danny Eichenhorst from Steve's Hot Dogs, thank you so much for being with us on Camelax.
3: My pleasure. For everything online, it's odyssey.com. Download the Odyssey app and listen to KMOX for all the news, sports, talk, and podcasts that move you. Odyssey. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y.
2: KMOX at your service. George Sells with you on a Tuesday night, 8.32 in the evening. We're here until 10 o'clock. We've all heard about ransomware. It's one of those things that I think, depending on what you do for a living, uh, th- there's a varying level of concern slash fear there. Uh, I owned a small business at one point and it scared the life out of me because I had heard stories about you know somebody hacks into your stuff and they just basically have everything and they call you up with a price and then like, pay up or we're going to delete it. Or if you've got sensitive information, they'll threaten to disclose it, uh, a little bit of both maybe, all sorts of problems. Obviously, these are bad people. This is nothing new, bad people on the internet. This is not news. However, the ransomware folks have taken uh, a step that is downright scary, Uh Recent story about a nonprofit healthcare system, Common Spirit Health. They own 142 hospitals in 21 states, and the ransomware people got into the hospital's computers, locked them down. IT's locked, surgeries are delayed, disruptions for inpatient care across the board. I mean, you know how we rely on computers. If you've been to the hospital anytime recently, Everything is being done with a laptop, a tablet, something. And the idea that somebody can shut all that down. See, now we're messing with people's lives. It's not just their livelihoods, which is bad enough. Now you're talking about something that can get somebody killed. And this is a big a big next step to all this. Joined now by Ben Otten. Ben is with Single Wave Technologies, founder of Single Wave Technologies uh, over in St. Charles. Ben, welcome to Camo X.
1: Hi, George. Thanks for having me on.
2: Appreciate you being here. And uh, you were the one uh, kind of sounding the alarm on this, among others. Uh, j- tell me what about this jumped out at you and what, if anything, can be done about it?
1: Yeah, as you were saying, uh, ransomware is definitely a big headache for most businesses. And, you know, occasionally you see some even close over it, uh, but it's a whole nother level when it hits a hospital. Uh, It really can become deadly, Uh, and this is a trend that we've been seeing at kind of an alarming rate, Um, you know, seeing kind of the first one happen in 2019, but common spirit is a really large health system to be hit by something uh, so significant.
2: Now, you're a guy out in St. Charles County, so there is the, uh, always the, the concern about the biggies in our area. We've got Barnes-Jewish, which is enormous. We've got Mercy Health System, uh, among others. Uh, how at risk are these groups? How at risk are you know maybe a loved one who's, who's in the hospital right now?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of these hospitals spend a lot of time preparing uh, and trying to mitigate all risk, but, you know, disasters like this can happen. Um, And really, I think this should be a wake-up call to really see this as a public safety issue uh, to try and get more prepared, uh, to have systems collaborate with each other. Um, You know, even thinking through things like how do you give ambulances notice that something like this is happening? and just put the word out to the wider community quickly. Um, You know, really, it's the only significant thing that could happen to a whole hospital system that might impact all of their facilities at the same time.
2: And... What are the what are the blind spots? Obviously, there is something out there that is allowing this to happen. And we we all hear the same warnings about clicking on suspicious links and suspicious emails and and all that sort of thing. And it it seems like a constant uh, cat and mouse game between the folks running the firewalls and the people who are trying to do the bad things. But uh, obviously if this kind of an incursion can be made, you know, 141 hospitals across the country, uh there are still some blind spots out there that maybe uh hospitals and other folks aren't seeing.
1: Yeah, and recently in the uh cyberspace we saw um, you know, Uber CISO get some jail time for uh just lack of transparency. So You know it's it's definitely a concern that um you know we need to get honest about where our networks are at uh, and the vulnerabilities that do exist so that we can start remediating them um you know we've just seen and i've seen in my professional career uh, there can just be a gap in in between audit uh, and then kind of the reality on the ground and who knows what happened at, at common spirit but uh, we definitely need to be prioritizing this to implement those effective solutions that that can really mitigate more of this risk, so something like this can't happen so widespread.
2: Who are the people doing this? I mean, I I made the the offhanded crack uh, in the tease leading up to this about it being a corporal in the Chinese army or some guy under his, yeah. lives in his mom's basement. Uh, is is it? Is that correct on both counts? Is it somebody else? Who are the people that are out there doing this? And do they ever get caught?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, sometimes they get caught, and there's been uh, law enforcement wins for sure. But I think uh, it's important to understand that that these are whole enterprises. Uh, There's a whole supply chain out there uh, behind the software that's developed, uh, behind the people who actually run and implement it. Uh, and these people are ruthless. They, they really don't care who they hit um, and what they're doing, uh, whether they're a nonprofit, hospital, public utility. Um, you know, they're really motivated either financially uh, because they're professional criminals uh, or they have nation state motivations where, um, you know, some of the countries, some of those enemies out there are uh, willing to harm our society by doing something like this.
2: Which is – which is the larger number, the nation-state folks or the uh, just the the large criminal enterprises? I think
1: um, you know they're they're very hand in hand in some ways. Um, I think the nation states are definitely a growing concern. Um, you know, you've, we've just seen uh, a lot happening in the world um, and and some tensions rising, um, and and that could become a greater concern uh, over the next several months, definitely.
2: In your capacity, are you seeing? Any more activity? Uh, Obviously, the war in Ukraine and uh, Russia lashing out has become uh, a big fear. Are you seeing more activity or are you seeing anything more that we need to be concerned about uh, since that war broke out and since uh, the, the West kind of has started at least attempting to stick it to Vladimir Putin?
1: Yeah, I mean, the more sanctions you put on these types, these countries like Russia, the more they're going to try and work around them. Uh, and ransomware is a really easy way to do that. So uh, I definitely think we're going to see a rise over the next several quarters in, in ransomware. And it's something we should all be looking out for. And it's important to understand, too, even if you're not a large health system, uh, you're still a target. Like you said, you owned a small business, and and it's definitely something to worry about, regardless of of how large your operation is.
2: Okay, I'm a lover of movies, and I've got to think somewhere along the lines we're going to have you know the movie where the the ransomware attack happens, and you know the 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 world is at risk because of this, and some Bruce Willis type character is going to figure out a way to shoot something back through the internet and blow up the guys who are doing this. Is there, is there, and and I know that's an overstatement of it, but is there anything like that out there? Is there anything that can be, that can be sent back to these guys, whether it's a virus, whether it's a physical charge? that can. can, And I know this is a ridiculously basic question, but I, I think a lot of people want to know this is how can we get these people?
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely think there's a lot we can do. Um, you know, the first thing, it, it starts by monitoring ne- networks by security experts. Um, you know, there's one in our own uh, backyard that's a 24-7 SOC, uh spear a cyber counterintelligence company uh, that we partner with as well. Um, you know, and these types of companies can run operations uh, where – Uh, They're able to start getting some data on the people. Um, It's also coordinating with law enforcement. I I mean, I've been seeing the FBI and other agencies just take a more active role uh, in responding and and trying to get these people. Uh, But even if you find out who they are, it it can be hard to grab them if they're, you know, sitting over there in Russia, who certainly isn't going to send them our way for a nice prison sentence.
2: And I know I I kind of touched on this, but... And you said there are some there are some law enforcement wins. How often are there law enforcement wins? They're usually I say usually oftentimes uh, when law enforcement gets a big victory, it's kind of, uh, you know, as a reporter over the years in, in a past life of mine. You know, they'd make the big drug bust along the highway and they'd call the media and everybody goes out to the police station and they lay out all the drugs and all the cash and all the guns and let everybody take pictures of them. And then they take the two perps and stroll them by the cameras in handcuffs and do a nice little dog and pony show there to let people know that they're out doing their jobs and to let people know that uh, they're taking a heck of a risk if they choose to do this. You don't really... See that or or that equivalent with these ransomware types with these hackers at least nothing that has really jumped out and, and gotten a lot of attention. Are they getting that many wins or is it just something that they're kind of staying under the table about because or close to the vest about because they don't want the bad guys to know how they're catching them?
1: Yeah, so I think some of the wins have been just disrupting their malware networks. Uh, there were some good um, just uh, initiatives that were taken uh, where they were actually able to reach out and, and find compromised systems. And they were actually able to make them better so that these cyber criminals didn't still have access to them, uh, so to speak. And, and those have been some creative ways. But it, it's tough when, you know, they're completely out of our jurisdiction and we can't quite get to them. Um, And like a lot of criminal organizations, you know, you can take one or two out uh, and then more just spring up in their place. So um, it's definitely not an easy problem to solve just from a law enforcement perspective. And that's why it needs that mix of uh, law enforcement action, uh, but also um, just doing those secure practices, uh, making sure you're locking up your house, so to speak, so that uh, this doesn't come for you one day.
4: Okay.
2: Well, Ben Otten, again, with Single Wave Technologies out in St. Charles, and uh, I'm sure they're working on the security end of things. And, Ben, I'm sure you'll have a lot of investors if you come up with that way to send a charge through and blow up their computers. This is what we're rooting yeah. for.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. would love to do it. Yeah. Thank
2: you for joining us tonight on Camel X. Thanks, George. Okay. Camel X, news time, 843. George Sells, Camel X, at your service, back in just a moment.
3: Nearly a century of informing, entertaining, and serving St. Louis, KMOX.
2: My Posse, in effect. That is the band you're listening to. So why, you ask, are we playing a local Beastie Boys cover band? A very popular Beastie Boys cover band, I might add. But a Beastie Boys cover band, why are we playing them on KMOX Radio, which is not exactly your go-to for Beastie Boys cover action? There is a reason. And it has to do with Facebook, And one of the great conspiracy theories that has been going on in our country for some time. And it's the question of whether Facebook is somehow making your phone listen to you, eavesdrop on your conversations and then advertising to you or stealing your data or whatever it is that Facebook wants to do. Everybody thinks Facebook is doing this, Google, all of these places, and they say over and over, no, we're not doing that. Now, they're doing all sorts of other crazy stuff to gather your data, but even the experts out there say, no, that's just paranoia. They're not doing that. You know, they're just, they're they're monitoring your, your every click and your every like and your every view, and by taking all that stuff, they're throwing it into an algorithm and it's squishing it around and it's spitting out the fact that you're interested in X and then it's advertising that and the computers are just so dang smart that that's going to work. I now will share with you a story based on that band we were just listening to and you can tell me if in fact this is – some sort of paranoid hallucination, or Facebook is eavesdropping on me. So yesterday, I am at work, uh, middle of the afternoon, and get talking a little bit about music with one of my coworkers. And my coworker, Sean, uh, tells me about a band that a buddy of his is in. The band you were just listening to, my posse in effect, and he's he mentions that they're going to be playing a concert sometime in the near future uh, over over at Delmar Hall in the Loop, and you just say, "Hey, it's a cool band, you know, whatever," and we talk about it for a second. Sounds interesting. That's the end of it. I never typed anything into my computer. I never talked about this the group again. I never asked any questions. I never looked anything up on my phone. Nothing. That conversation was the first time in my entire life that I had ever heard of my posse in effect. Following that conversation, I did nothing. I did not Google them. I did not search them in any way. I did not do anything more regarding them. Three hours later, I am sitting in my living room, I am on Facebook, and an ad pops up for my posse in effect playing at Delmar Hall on November 25th. I think it's the 25th. It's the day after Thanksgiving, whatever that is. You tell me, am I nuts? You cannot tell me that an algorithm somehow arrived at sending me that ad based on my actions online. Am I a music fan? Yes. But it's not like I'm searching Delmar Hall all the time. I mean, I'm 52 years old. I don't get out of the house that much anymore, unfortunately. I wish I went to more shows than I do. But I just that that was either the craziest coincidence in the history of mankind or my phone is monitoring me. My phone is listening to me and then calling up Mark Zuckerberg and telling him what ads to run on my Facebook feed. Producer Matt Pajeski, what say you?
4: I think they are listening to you and it's probably not just Facebook. I think it's your phone and Amazon's doing it so they can sell you stuff. It doesn't just stop at Facebook. It's all just a big ploy to get you to buy stuff and, and buy concert tickets or buy whatever it is you're talking about for sure.
2: And Alexa, I mean, Alexa definitely. I mean, it's, yeah, that thing, it listens for a living. And we all know that uh, Jeff Bezos loves your data and will do everything he can to keep you from opting out. Uh, Apple is a little bit better about it. Apple has tried to p- position itself as uh, we love your security and we value your privacy. However, it's got to be listening to some degree because I can sit here with my phone and say, Hey Siri, and she responds to me. So she—it's listening for something at least, and but to go to the level of hearing what you're talking about, processing it, advertising it—I just it seems a little far fetched. It, se- it seems almost crazy, and I—and I am not usually Matt on the side of the drooling paranoid. <laughs>
4: So I I don't know if this is paranoia at this point. This is just like almost common knowledge. I feel like everybody has had an experience with this. Everybody has a story. Everybody has an example of of something that popped up on their social media feed, whether it's Facebook, Instagram or even Amazon. And, uh, yeah, everybody's had experience with this. So I don't think you're the only one. And I wouldn't say it's paranoia anymore.
2: And what's interesting also is you were with us a few minutes ago, uh, Ben Auten from uh, Single Wave Technologies out in St. Charles was talking with us about uh, ransomware and finished up, this, finished up uh, the segment, went into the break, and Ben texted me an article for your next segment. I guess he had heard me tease this earlier, and it's from Wired Magazine, and the headline says, the gyroscopes in your phone could let apps eavesdrop on your conversations. It's not even the microphone now. You can cover up your microphone. You can turn all that off. But uh, I'm going to read from this article, just a, a, a brief paragraph. In a presentation at the Unisex Security Conference next week, researchers from Stanford University and Israel's defense research group, Rafael, planned to present a technique for using a smartphone to surreptitiously eavesdrop on conversations in a room, not with the gadget's microphone, but with its gyroscopes, the sensors designed to measure the phone's orientation. Those sensors enable everything from motion-based games like Doodle Jump to camera's image stabilization and the phone's display is toggling between vertical and horizontal orientations. But with a piece of software the researchers built called Gyrophone, they found that the gyroscopes were also sensitive enough to allow them to pick up sound waves. Now that is just tripping me out. Uh, What do you think? I mean... This is
4: this is getting ridiculous, folks. Do you, do you think that was a coincidence? Like, oh, it's just we, we happened to find that it was accidentally, you know, picking up sound waves. Or you think that was part of it from the very beginning to to secretly record all of that?
2: Well, you know, if the Israelis are involved in it, I mean, they, they you know they're the center of all those great spy movies. You know, they've already been using those to spy on people and blow up their houses or whatever whatever it is the Mossad does. Uh, to to the enemies of the state over there, but uh, it's I just it's it's amazing. I mean, it is it is absolutely amazing. We talk about what phones can do and the good side of what phones can do from the standpoint of you know there's more technology, more computing power in this phone in my left hand right now than there was in the entire entire Apollo space capsule, and it does amazing things. But here's what I wonder. And the question I will leave you with, I have got a 13-year-old daughter and a 17-year-old son. And I really wonder if by the time they are adults, if they're going to have any expectation of privacy. I mean, is there a way for it even to exist short of going completely off the grid? Something to think about something to think about as you listen to by posse in effect the beastie boy cover band coming to delmar hall the night after thanksgiving and being advertised to you by evil crazy spying facebook we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. but what do people do with their ears well for one
3: they're listening to audio